1: Not everyone is blessed with a space sun, and not all space suns are remarkable. Mine is. His name is Will Wheaton, and he is one of the most intelligent, most sensitive, most articulate men on the planet. His career ranges from TV host to actor, game master, blogger, to prolific author. Join me now for part one of our conversation, a conversation I will never forget. Space uh Hi, Space Mom. Hi, hi. I'm so glad to see you across from me with this plexiglass thing.
0: <laughs> Being in the same room with you for the first time in, a, like, I think this year. I think the last time I saw you was at Christmas last year. I really? Think that's a la- I think that's the last time we were in the same physical space. Wow. Um, I realize how much I miss you. Aw, really sweet. like. I really feel it, and it makes me miss the rest of the cast. Yeah. It's like, oh, I miss my family so much. Aww. <laughs> First of all, uh, I
1: just—I'll give you a couple little uh, space mom prezies. So okay. that's the coaster, so that you always have me near to you, and you can put your coffee on me. I'm okay. going to
0: describe this to the audience. <laughs> this is beautiful. This is a a, a, a hand painted ceramic coaster that has Gates as Dr. Crusher on it. Uh, it's really beautiful. The primary color is the teal of your uniform, and then the rest of it is done in grayscale. Uh, it's real cool. I. Um, you know how much I love Star Trek. You oh. know how much it how 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 important it is to me. I and know how, how important we are to me. Yeah. So I collect Star Trek stuff every chance I get, um, and this is going to go with my coasters that uh, are our graphics. I have one. Remember oh, that cool. big cool graphic in engineering? Yeah, yeah. Big, so yeah. I have that oh, on a coaster. Cool. That's cool. Uh, and then I have a set of coasters that are Wesley's. Uh, Three colored striped spacesuit from the first season. I love it. Uh, I have a full set of, of of those.
1: I love it. So and, and here's a, here's a space bomb gift. This is called um, Cloud of Protection uh-huh. by Neves, and it's the most fabulous. Air purifier smell anything oh, I've ever cool. seen. It's absolutely amazing. I love so that's it. That's yours.
0: I wish I wish you listening it to this could see uh, could <laughs> see this. We we are this is beautiful, Gates. Thank you. Gates and I are sitting across from each other. We're across like about a six-foot table, you know, being responsible, but there's also a big plexiglass shield between us. Yeah. Um and we're all PPE'd up. Um and uh and now you're giving me a Led Zeppelin magazine. Yes, I am. You know how much I love rock music. So do I. <laughs> and
1: uh, and this is the Led Zeppelin. And one of the questions I want to ask you right away yeah. is If you could have been one of them, which one would you want to have been?
0: Uh, uh, boy. (sighs) That's such a tough call. Like... John Bonham is my is my my instinct just because wow. his rendition of Moby Dick in the <laughs> uh, in the song remains the same that goes on for yeah. like fifteen minutes. Oh, I know it's unbelievable, and and, and never like lo- he never loses the time signature of that is really technically he, impressive. He to brilliant. me. brilliant, but then Jimmy Page is a songwriter and as just his mus- his musical skills. Um, uh, I feel the way about Led Zeppelin the way I do about like Pink Floyd and uh, and the Beatles. If any one person had been different, those bands would not have been what they are. I kind of take them as a group, you know.
1: So, so which one do you think I would want it to be?
0: I would see you as Robert Plant for sure. Right, right, right in front. <laughs> Like right in front of everything, uh, 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 just uh, uh, with the most ridiculous costumes in the world, owning that stage. I but mean, that's not who you think you would be. No,
1: the thing is, I think if you had asked me when I was 30, yeah, absolutely, yeah. that would have been for sure. Yeah, but now I would say Jones, really, yes, his base on. Cashmere, yeah. you knew you were going to just explode. It was fantastic. Yeah. And his bass riffs are actually what I remember more than almost anything, oh, I his, have to
0: His, his bass riff in Daisy and Confused is amazing.
1: And even though, yes, I think when I was 30, to be able to sing like like plant. Anyway, this is yours, honey. So here Thanks you go. Thanks a lot. So because hmm. you are such a game master. Yeah. Take your penny bag and I pour it out. You have a bag of out. pennies. You have okay. a bag of pennies, and, there's, and then there's, uh, should be two dimes in there. Okay. Okay. And... We are going to play some games. Okay. And every time we lose a point, we have to put a penny in the bowl. It's a lovely metal
0: bowl. That's going to sound great.
1: It's going to sound good, right? Okay. And then because I know some of the questions, I'm going to try to be a fair player and put 10 cents into the bowl, and the player who has the fewest pennies at the end wins. Okay. All right. So I'm putting in, <coughs> there was the dime. It went in. We're going to start with never did I ever. But if I don't automatically offer my answer after your answer, you must ask me to answer. And if you forget, you have to put a penny in. That is your handicap because you're the game master. Okay. Never have I ever crushed on a celebrity.
0: I have so many celebrity crushes. All right. put So many. In. So I put a penny in? Yeah. Okay.
1: And I have two, so I'm going to put a penny in. Okay. All right. Who's the biggest one? Just...
0: Right now, at this very moment, is Stacy Abrams a celebrity?
1: <laughs> she is. She's awesome. I stan her. Oh, I man. stan her for she's, sure. She's amazing. I agree. Um, I agree. Uh,
0: but I also, um, I really love Tom Hanks, and I really love Taylor Swift, and um, I really love these people who you feel like, even though they are massively successful and world famous, that they haven't lost the ability to be a person. Yeah. And- Yep. Um, I've, we know people that are so famous that they could lose the ability to be a person and they haven't. Yeah. And I, I, so like when I see those, I'm just like, oh, they're like really amazing people. And like, I love their work. Um, and maybe we could hang out and be friends sometime. Yeah,
1: it's, it is, it's keeping your humanity and really yeah. not walling yourself off from, from everything. Um, never have I ever smoked any substance.
0: Oh, I got to yeah, put a penny in there.
1: Yeah. <clears> I got to put a penny in there.
0: <throat> there is, by the way, there is no way. I would have been able to get through this lockdown without um my CBD gummies. I hear you. um, I've been an advocate for cannabis legalization forever, like even when I didn't use it um because I just thought it was yeah, so. Me too. So I thought it was it's silly and it's racist and and it hurts people and stuff. but uh, i have I have figured out that, like, CBD gummies with a little bit of THC in them oh. or or like a like a little 1 to 1 ratio of CBD to THC it makes my anxiety just completely go away. It works better than any anti-anxiety medication I ever took. It's better than any pharmaceutical I've ever used. I really hope that we get national decriminalization because this thing is a freaking miracle.
1: It is, especially when you're not having to buy it on the street, when you actually know that this is this is good, this is dosed, everything.
0: I had to ask some of my friends who are experienced in the weed world. I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and they were like, well, be glad that you can do it when it's legal. Because yeah. before it was sketchy, you'd go to some dude's apartment and he'd want to hang out for an hour. And I'm like, what? No, that sounds terrible. No, it was
1: definitely sketchy. When I was young and I was in Paris, yeah. people had hashish and stuff, and you didn't know what was cut with anything, and it was it was really dangerous. So I would usually abstain. Never have I ever done
0: nude body shots. My wife and I were just talking about this yesterday. <laughs> oh. I I never have. Um, so but, penny goes in. Um, no, wait. No, I don't put no, a penny. We in. don't put a penny in. No. Okay. Uh, uh, but but it's not because so and yeah and my wife um was like my space daughter in-law your space daughter in law was like i don't I would never even send you nude pictures because I just don't like the risk of something being out there and I said I would never send you nude pictures because nobody wants to see this who wants this is nobody I don't even like seeing myself naked like it's I shower in the dark like it's, it's, it's you do it's, not it's, it's not it's not good um <laughs> um uh but I think that if I were younger and more attractive, if I had the opportunity to go and do, like, nudity in, like, a a movie or something like that, just for the sake of having done it, I would totally do it. Huh. Uh, But, no, this is – nobody needs to see this.
1: I've never done it either. But when I was filming Marker in Hawaii Uh – so, my nephew was, like, 14 then, and – I was filming one day, and Andy Bumatai, who was my co-star, came up to me and said, hey, you know, have you seen, uh, they've really been putting these nude photos of you on the internet. And I said, oh, really? Which nude photos? Because I knew I'd never shot a nude yeah, photo in my life. Yeah. And he said, I said, bring me copies. Oh, God, were they the
0: fakes? <laughs> and the Star Trek fakes? I'm telling you,
1: I looked at them, and I went, and I, and he said, do you want me to do something about it? And they were such great Oh, the bodies were phenomenal. And you were like, and no said, way, let's, let's promote I said, this. I said, no, it's okay. Just, it's all right. We'll let it slide. We'll let it slide, right? Right? That's literally what I said to him. Yeah. And so
0: then- And you I, didn't let on that you knew it wasn't you?
1: Oh, no, I said it wasn't me. I mean, he, I said, Andy, first of all, no, he thought it wasn't. I said, Andy, just give me the once over. Do you really think that's me? And he went, yeah, whatever. He said, oh, I guess I wasn't looking at the face too much. I said, yeah. But anyway, so I told him he didn't have to do anything. Then I hear from my nephew who's totally upset because he's getting teased at school. Oh and yeah. And so of I course. came back to my friend and I said, yeah, help me get him down because it's upsetting to someone I love. Yeah, My son was too young to even see, he was like three, so it didn't mean anything to him. Uh, to be taking- clear,
0: I fully support sex work and I fully support people having the right and like- Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's anything shameful about no, sending absolutely. nudes, consensual nudes. Absolutely. It's the non-consensual exploitation that's so that's horrible. horrible, yeah. horrible.
1: Never have I ever cut my own hair.
0: You know, I don't think I have cut my, wait, no, actually, I have cut, I have, of course I've cut my own hair. I've shaved well, my head tons of put times. Put it in there, babe. <laughs> I cut
1: my bangs when I was in high school and one time. It was so horrible and I had to, <laughs> and I had a big date that weekend. I had to take half oh, no. of my hair and put it over. So I put half of my hair over my whole forehead and the and the wind blew and it blew up and you saw these one inch bangs. It was mortifying. Oh, no. Never was did the, I was, do it again. Was,
0: was the boy okay with it? The boy didn't even notice, right? Oh, he, he was didn't just notice. Like, oh. it was it was
1: bad. Oh Yeah. And I wasn't cool enough to go, Yeah, it's a new thing. You know, I could have yeah. pulled it off. Uh okay. Never have I ever made a wish after seeing a falling star. I wish on every falling star. So do I. I'm a big wisher on that. Yep. Never have I ever farted in an elevator and pretended
0: it was not me. Well, I have. I don't think I've farted in an elevator. Yeah, but yeah, I, I have a hundred percent farted in other places and said it wasn't me. Well, I've done the elevator
1: thing and then I've been actually aggressive, like looking at someone else as if they did it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, no I've been, bad. I've you been bad. You commit, you go I, all the way. I went all the way. Wow. <laughs> I was bad. I was bad. So I have to pay for that. Okay. Um, never have I ever skinny dipped. Everybody's skinny dipped. <laughs> all right, I'm with you. I just asking. Never, okay, well, we know this one already.
0: (laughs) I love this question. I love the way it's All right, the question is,
1: never have I ever sent someone a picture of my stuff, okay? And you already said no, and I haven't either, so we're, all right. Never have I ever been kicked out of a bar. I haven't. I haven't either. Never have I ever sucked my partner's toes.
0: I have not done that. Oh, I have.
1: (laughs) Okay, never have I ever done it on a kitchen counter.
0: Here's a funny joke about that. (laughs) Okay. My son, uh, my son Ryan, uh, just recently, he and his wife moved out of state so they could go back to graduate school. But before, they lived about two miles from our house. My son and I are extraordinarily close. And he would come to visit, and we would play video games together. We would walk the dogs, whatever. And it was very common for Ryan to just <laughs> walk into the house. Oh, God. And I tell him every single time, buddy, if you walk into my house and I am plowing your mom on the kitchen counter— <laughs> <laughs> that's not on me. That's on you. Because you need to ring the doorbell. Yeah. And every time I say it, he acts as if it has just happened because it's such a horrifying image. Oh, and that's I'm like, funny. dude, you know how horrible that image is in your head? That's funny. It's going to be so much worse if it actually happens. We've never done it on the kitchen counter. All right. Well, we never I'm, will do it on the kitchen counter because uh, they're too high. Okay. Well, the kitchen I, I'm sorry, but
1: I've, I've got to. Ew. Oh, I know. Well, you know, well, I didn't say that the kitchen was, you know, dirty or anything. But, you know, <laughs> all right. Um, all right. I thought it was very romantic and sexy, I'll tell you. Anyway. I'm
0: sure it was.
1: Um, never have I sung uh, at karaoke.
0: Ugh, I've done karaoke before I realized how much I hated it. I, I'm not a karaoke person. I had, I had to try it to figure out that I just think karaoke is yeah. awful.
1: Uh, never have I ever gotten drunk at playing games like this.
0: Uh, I am pretty sure that in college, oh. at least once. Well, then you better put it so, in. So, yeah, I'm going I'm to no, guess that. No, I have that. not.
1: Uh, never have I ever used the
0: bathroom in complete darkness. In complete darkness? Complete darkness. I feel like... What about, like, if you're camping in the woods? Does that count as complete darkness? Because I've peed in the woods in the middle of the night.
1: Yeah, uh-uh, that doesn't count. There's a
0: little bit of moonlight and It's sunlight, different right? because
1: you don't have to worry about if I'm a little bit on this leaf and that leaf. But if you actually okay. are in a place that, you know. So uh, I have, and it was absolutely terrifying. Yeah? Yeah, uh, and it was in France when yeah. I was a student there. Uh, like, I was, like, 20. Yeah. And at that time— it's not really that way now, but you used to go into, like, a cafe, and you'd, you'd go to the restroom, and it was just a hole. Okay? Yeah. There'd be waiters kind of in the hall, so you had to close the door, but there was no light switch. So I would just close the door, and then I'd kind of be having to—it was horrible. Okay? That sounds terrible. It was. But then, of course, it turns out that if you just totally flick the latch all the way, the light comes the light on comes automatically. automatically. But who knew? That was who horrible. wants to lock the door in the dark? Exactly. Never have I ever regifted.
0: Oh, I've definitely regifted. Yeah, me too. It's a good I've,
1: thing, actually, I, don't I, you think? I,
0: I feel that regifting is like really good recycling. Yeah, and it's it like, is. hey, I you agree. know, so I prefer not to get gifts at all. Um, Ann and I don't give each other gifts. Uh, we give each other experiences instead. So we Ooh. take a trip or we go have kitchen a really- Kitchen counter. Try it on the kitchen, kitchen counter. counter. I'm telling you. Really, I'm going to pitch the <laughs> kitchen counter. Uh, uh, now that the kids live out of state, I think we're probably in the yeah. clear. Um, uh, <laughs> I prefer not to get gifts, um, and uh, if I get something that uh, I appreciate the thought, but I know, oh, I have a friend who's going to be over the moon about this. Yeah, then you regift it. Then you do it exactly. Never have I ever worn Crocs. Never have I worn Crocs. No way. You're putting a penny in the bowl? You put well, on Crocs on purpose? I did.
1: You know what? It was for gardening. And they it came out, and Jack was little, and I did it, and they are so ugly and horrible. And so, I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed. Never have I ever gotten a tattoo I regret.
0: I have a ton of tattoos, and I don't regret any of them. Okay, good. I don't uh, have any. I waited until I was in my 40s to start getting tattoos. Smart. So, um, uh, I don't have that tattoo from when I'm 18 that I regret. <laughs> <laughs> never have I called in sick but wasn't. I've never called in sick to work because I really like work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when I, you know, when I get to go on the set. Um I have called in sick to avoid an audition. When okay. I when, when yeah. I was when I was younger. I hear you. So we got to put that in. When I, when I was younger and I um you know and I and I felt really like kind of Pushed into doing all of all of the acting stuff that I didn't really want to do, uh, if I knew that I was wrong for a role and I have very good instincts about that stuff, um, and I knew that it was gonna suck to drive to Santa Monica at four o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> well, oh, I'd yeah. just be like oh, I don't feel well today, I'm not yeah. going.
1: yeah. Flat tire. I've used that one.
0: There's a wreck on the 101.
1: Well, but now they can yeah, find Now they can now check Now they it. can check. I, I, yeah. There's so many things that are different. Now. Oh, my <laughs> God. You so, could It's get so away.
0: hard to lie. You <laughs> could get away with so much more. You really <laughs> It's <so good>. amazing. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, never have I ever challenged an animal to a fight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, Like out in the wilderness? Just like, let's go, you and me. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I have. You challenged an animal to a fight. Please tell me the story of you challenging an animal to a fight. So I have these, uh,
1: I have so much wildlife in my backyard. So it was the raccoons. I Uh finally, I had had it. Okay. Yeah. Because my cats go nuts. There were nine of them and they were. Nine? That's a gang. They were having a party. Okay. And. I had had it because they were just like, I mean, coming, looking in my window, they were huge too. Yeah. Not all of them were huge, but there were about three that were huge. Yeah. And I got pots and pans and I got stuff <laughs> and I was like, I am tired of being awake. And I went on and I was banging stuff and everything. And they're kind of like, huh, you know, totally like this. I, mean, I can just see them looking noise.
0: at you like- what are you doing, lady? I,
1: that's exactly what they were doing. They're like, we're having a barbecue <laughs> having a at the pool. And you are like, and I was so- You're not so, invited to our party. And I, I was so pissed off and I kept getting shovels and stuff. And I was coming at them and I was running. And then my son is like, what the hell are you doing? And he's 6'3". three, <laughs> So that's how it helped. And they saw him and he said, this is ridiculous. I said, no, I'm, I was so angry. I said, no, get him. I'm going to get him. And, and I went after the leader. And this took- 25 minutes before I got them out of the yard. How did you
0: identify the leader of the raccoons? Did he have like an armband on or something? Yeah, he was the last
1: one to leave. And he looked at me and went. Oh, with such contempt. He did. He turned around and just was like, pathetic. I'll see you tomorrow, you know?
0: Oh, enjoy your garbage. (laughs) It was unbelievable. Yeah. It's so funny when we just lose our minds for a minute.
1: I know. Um. Okay, we've done the bar one. So never have I ever yeah we have done that one. Never have I ever eaten food that fell on the floor.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, me too. In fact, I'm gonna put two pennies in for that <laughs> because I am like uh, uh, Anne's real like is, is meticulous meticulous about like nope that's that's gross yeah, and I'm like yeah. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I, I pick up so, stuff it's off so funny. The floor People either are they are all aren't. the time. But see, I think
1: it depends on so many things. Like my mom brought me up. I do not. You know, do not, the cats never go on this. The cats only stay on the floor, in the kitchen, and the basement. The cat was not allowed in the living room. I mean, the cat would literally, where the carpet was, just when it was pissed at us, would just lift the paw up as if I'm (laughs) gonna step on the living (laughs) room. Yeah, sure. All right, how about? Never have I
0: ever been with a former love of a good friend. Uh, one of the great regrets of my life was hooking up with a girl that uh, I had a little bit of a crush on, who had dated a friend of mine for a really long time. Uh, uh, I just chalk that up to youth hormones and inexperience. It's a regret. It was not. It was not
1: cool. <clears throat> well, mine, mine was six years had passed since they'd. No, well, maybe not. Yeah, something like. I think that's four enough. Four years. Yeah. And I was surprised to know it still was upsetting. So I felt badly for upsetting her. But I have to say, it ended up being a um, pretty nice thing for, you know, it wasn't like a one-night stand or something. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, Never have I ever been naked on the beach with other persons in clothes.
0: Uh, I have not. Um, When we were dating, Anne tried to get me to go skinny dipping in the ocean in Hawaii. And uh, uh I again was like, "No, no one needs this. No one needs to see this. I will absolutely not do <laughs> but that. But We want
1: to see it will no,
0: nobody does. okay, trust me, All right, so um
1: I'm gonna have to do way to go. yeah, well, you see what happened was is this that same guy, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, we were in France in this gorgeous beach, just we had camped out on the at night and everything, and so we were showering. There was this little idyllic waterfall coming from the rock cliffs right by the ocean. Yep. And so I'm washing my hair and everything and I turn around and there's this girl who's about 7 with her father and they're both dressed. I had never been naked like that, you know, in yeah. front of and it was the father that was upsetting. It was not the kid. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Never have I ever
0: fallen in love with anyone through the network that social network. Uh No, I, I met Anne long before social media or social networks even existed. Okay, cool. How'd you guys meet? We met at my friend Stephanie's house. Nice. Um, we met indirectly because of Star Trek. I was back in the old days when they would book part of a cruise ship for the Star Trek cruise. Mm-hmm. And then there would be like muggles on the cruise also. Um, they, uh, I was there to be part of the Star Trek group. And I met... My friend Stephanie, who was there with her sister and her parents on the non Star Trek portion of the cruise. But we're exactly the same age. We like all the same things. We That's grew up so in the cool. same general area. So, Stephanie and I met when we were 18. When I was 23, Stephanie um, uh, had a New Year's Eve party that I wasn't going to go to. I didn't want to go to it. Um, I was single. I was enjoying being single. I, I liked not dating or having responsibility or whatever. And uh, at this party that I didn't want to go to, Stephanie invited Anne, um, uh, who also didn't want to go to the party. (laughs) And uh, Stephanie and Anne had known each other for five years, uh, working at a restaurant together. Stephanie and I had known each other for five years. I had been after Stephanie forever to introduce me to her friends. She never introduced me to Anne because Anne had kids. And she was like, you're not responsible and mature enough for kids. She was right. Um, And and then I (laughs) saw Anne at Stephanie's party and I was like, I need to know that woman.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: And uh, yeah, that was twenty-five years ago. Wow, Mazel tough. That's really cool. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Never have I ever stuck gum under a desk. Oh, I have a hundred percent stuck yeah, gum under so a desk. Have I. Okay. Um, never have I ever entered into Facebook while
0: drunk. I quit drinking years ago. But have you ever? Um, and I'm trying to remember if I have. I'm sure that I must have. But back before I quit drinking, I had a pretty strong no-posting things online while you're drinking rule. So that I followed, but you followed. that. That I followed good. pretty reasonably. Um, instead, I would shop for myself. I used I used to have this bit, I used to have this bit in my stand-up set about how I have a secret admirer that, that sends me things from my Amazon wish list that I wouldn't get for myself. <laughs> And, and after a few months, oh, I figured, funny. like, this person buys me things that I really want, but I just can't justify. <laughs> and they, re- they know me really well. Uh, and, and, uh, and then I figured out after about five months that my secret admirer was drunk me.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. Um,
0: sending, buying me things off my wish list.
1: I love that. Never have I ever spied on my neighbors?
0: Nope, I haven't.
1: Oh, I have. Okay. Um, uh, never have I ever made fun of someone?
0: Oh, I've totally... Made, I make fun of people all the time. Okay.
1: I, th- I, th- I have not done it much, but I have. Never have I ever stolen anything with a higher value than
0: $10? I've never stolen a single thing in my life. I could not live with the guilt of it.
1: Really? So I was in New York. I was living there. It's about 1976. And I f- was in a cab. And I dropped something, and I went to look in my purse or something, and there I saw a roll of $20 bills that was with a rubber band around it. Yeah. And my first impulse was, oh, I, this poor person who's lost it. There's uh-huh. no wallet, no name, no nothing. So basically, it was either going to be the driver or me. Yeah. Because there was no way anyone could prove that it was theirs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I said, excuse me, and he said, yeah, and I said, um, never mind. So then I decided, I was teaching at Brandeis at that time, so then I decided, okay, Turned out to be $300, Uh which was huge for me. And I said, okay, I'm going to do something with this that I've never done in my life that I wouldn't have the money to do, and I'm going to do this. And I decided to sign up for drawing classes at the Art Student League in New York. Uh I took a leave of absence from Brandeis and I took a semester off and I took drawing classes. And Uh it was life-changing. It was actually beautiful. It really was. I could not wait to go to class every day. I was so
0: excited. So the science fiction writer (laughs) part of my brain imagines that there is a universe in which you've accomplished some form of time travel Hmm. and, uh, and that you put that there for you that, that, that future you put that there for you in the past so that you could uh, achieve the things that you wanted to achieve. That's beautiful. Um, uh, that, it, that, it, that it went back. That's a much more, that's a prettier story than it was probably some drug dealer's bindle. <laughs>
1: well, you know, it probably was, to be honest, because who who keeps your $300, $300 worth of 20s, 20s in, in right. with a rubber band around
0: right. it? Right. Me when I go to the dispensary, but that's the only time that I actually do that.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So this is, that's the end of phase number one. Okay. That's done. Now phase number two. Yeah. And uh, some of these are just made up ethical things. Some of these are things that I was looking all over for different okay. ideas, and I've sort of restated them or something. Okay. Okay, let's say your son is 10, and you right. dis- discover four joints in their special private box in the closet high up on a shelf. Yep. Your son has asked you never to look in that box, yeah. and you said you wouldn't, but you started thinking about things you did that your parents didn't want you to do, and you got scared, and you went one day upstairs to look in the box because you'd just seen a movie that scared you. Yeah. Do you confront your child or not?
0: I think we have a general conversation that does not specifically uh, identify, hey, buddy, I know you have this, right? Right. It's a general conversation that is like – that's about like making healthy choices and uh, behaving – and not engaging in risky behavior. Um, Like I think we've established that I'm super pro-cannabis, but I also know that it is – it does cause cognitive impairment in young people. Yeah, and and uh, I think that in this situation, this dilemma is 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 two things. Like, one, you want to ensure that your kid is making healthy choices. If I saw if my ten year old had joints, I would be concerned because a ten year old should not. And I and I and as I am thinking this out, there's that bond of trust with your child where you're like, I told you I wouldn't do this, and I think you have to absolutely uphold that bond of trust. That's really important. But you also have to absolutely talk about, about this sort of thing. And, and I think the way that I would probably present it is like about healthy choices and, and about risky behavior. And I just want you to know if anybody ever comes to you with, you know, they want to give you something or they want to talk to you about a thing, let's just have a conversation about it. And hopefully by that point, I have raised my kid different from the way my parents raised me. So I'm not af- then my kid's not afraid of me. Right right and 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 i and my kid feels like we can have an honest conversation the goal at the end of all of that is honesty and transparency between parent and child respect of the child's sovereignty but also like you got to step in before before something dangerous happens that's a tough question i'm really glad that situation never happened in my life that's mm. really that's really scary mm. Yeah, for a ten-year-old I would be really that would be that would be frightening for me. For a ten-year-old, I'd be like, Who are your friends? What what else is going on that I don't know about?
1: Okay, so you have to put in a penny because you forgot to ask me. <clears throat> I forgot to ask you. Damn it! So
0: Gates, um, what would you do?
1: I would probably do something very similar to you. I think that um I would make sure that he understood ramifications of of pot what you know. And, and also smoking, putting stuff in your lungs at an early age yeah. and uh, talk about things like that. I think it would be very tough to betray the trust that I went and looked at things. Yeah, There were times where I would embarrass my son when I was, you know, we'd be in public and I'd be saying something. And and then I he, later he'd say, what, why did that embarrass me? Why would you say that? And I went, yeah. oh, my God, I'm really sorry. Yeah, I said, okay, I don't ever want to do that to you. Yeah. I hated it when my parents did it to me. I yeah. don't want to do it. So let's have a signal. Let's pick a word. And out of, if I ever start, all you do is say this word and I will stop. I give you my word of honor. I will stop immediately. Uh-huh. So we picked the word George. Okay. And it happened like a couple of times and I stopped immediately. I would ask a question. I would totally deflect. No yeah. one ever thought it was weird. And so I did it for him. But when we had made this agreement, I said, I'll do this, but then you have to do this for me. If I say George, you have to stop. Uh-huh. And that took a long time for him to understand. Yeah. Because it was one thing when it was embarrassing for him, but he could not yet relate to how I could be embarrassed by something because I was still a parent.
0: He hasn't developed the empathy yet.
1: Yeah, and so it was a really fascinating thing. And so when he didn't stop once, and then we talked about it, and then he felt bad. You know, it it really was this lesson of how to develop mutual trust. If you're going to trust, it's a really hard thing to do to have that trust. And I feel if you break a trust— there's more examples, we'll see, but I would yeah, I would do the because, same thing.
0: Because when our children are faced with consequential decisions, we really want to have the relationship with them where they consult with us instead right. of their equally clueless Absolutely. friends.
1: Okay, so you're eight and you're eight years old and you're in the third grade. Okay. Uh, in the, this grade school, there are like 14 different classes. Every day it's someone's turn in every class of all of these 14 to clean the erasers. Uh, And there's about, you know, 16 erasers that are clogged with yellow chalk. You take them outside and you start hitting them together, which is how you were told to clean them. Mm -hmm. And it's taking a long time. And so for the heck of it, you just hit one eraser on the side of the red brick school building, and it totally seems to take the chalk like right out of the eraser much faster. And so you start to just do this. You decide to clean all the other erasers that way, and you do the job pretty quickly. You feel really good about your cleverness of finding a new way to clean these erasers. And you assume that the chalk's just going to blow off the building overnight. Next day, there's a special all-school meeting called First Thing in the Morning, and the principal tells us about a vandal who did something to the east side of the school building, that there's yellow chalk all over the brick wall, and it was done by a vandal who was trying to damage the school. And the principal wants the person responsible to clean it up in front of the entire school to prevent further acts of vandalism from occurring. You never meant for it to be anything bad, nor did you realize in any way that the chalk would not just blow off the the building. Strangely,
0: though, no one seems to know it was you. What do you do? Um... I am so terrified of getting in trouble. I went through this series of emotions while you were reading that out, right? So my initial impulse is I take responsibility for it. I messed up. But the principal making it a really big deal and the principal saying you have to do this in front of the entire school. And the principal not allowing for the – also the principal freaking out about chalk um, uh, is exe- is excessive. Um uh, there is no way I take responsibility for it. Um, I also know that my parents aren 't going to stand up for me because they never did, and that I am completely alone in in this whole situation so uh, um, if someone else is going to be is going to get in trouble for it, I think that I probably wouldn 't be able to live with myself letting someone else take the blame for something that I did but I would be so afraid, so afraid, because that's not what I intended at all. I never right, meant to right. do something bad. I thought that I was doing something cool. I thought I had figured out a, right. a great way to do this. Yeah,
1: I think that's a good answer. But I
0: would be so afraid um, of getting in trouble, and and I'm thinking of myself in, in third grade.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm— I'm um,
0: just so afraid um, that I wouldn't—there's no way. What would right. you do? So
1: that was a real thing that happened to me.
0: <gasps> yeah, and— I
1: started shaking and almost vomited. I was like terrified. I just remember shaking. Yeah. And the teacher thought I was sick. I I could hardly get through the whole day. I mean, I think I went to the infirmary. Yeah, that must have been so traumatizing. Yeah, it was so traumatizing because I was, I had been only in the school. I had transferred from another school. Oh, no. I really didn't feel, you know, that I was at home in this school yet. And I ran home and sobbed to my parents, just sobbed and sobbed and said, what am I going to do? I, you know, I was just the mortification. And I truly never meant, I, I I literally thought, well, this is so much faster than hitting them together. Yeah. And I didn't realize it stays on brick until you wash it off. My parents, they, they were comforting to me. And yeah. then they, they said, well, we, we believe that you didn't mean to do it. Um, but we're going to have to deal with this. So they talked among themselves. Then they came back and they said, here's what we've decided to, to do. Tomorrow, you're going to go to school an hour early, and your dad's going to go with you, and we're going to have a pail and some brushes, and you and he are going to wash it off before school starts Mm -hmm. at 6 a.m., and I thought that's just about the coolest thing. And I just cried and loved him so much. And so that's the next amazing. day, the next day, my dad we get that my mom gets the pail and the brushes. We got two brushes and we got yeah. the stuff because they said you did do it, so you must take responsibility. Yeah. And we go down and I'm ready to do it with him because I felt strong enough having him with me. Of course.
0: God, that's amazing. And
1: as my dad opens the car and as I open my side, he said, "No, honey, you just stay in there. I'm going to do it." Wow. And he did it. And I felt so free and so light that whole day. It was pretty beautiful.
0: I do not have a single memory of that level of love and support from my parents. That sucks, honey. It sucks a lot. I'm sorry. So
1: two of your neighbors have been in a dispute for a long time. It's nothing to do with you, this dispute. You get up in the middle of the night to pee and get a glass of water, and and you don't put the lights on. And on your way uh, in the kitchen in the dark, you glance out the front window, and you see one of your neighbors cross the street and key the other neighbor's car do you ever mention that you saw the neighbor do this to either one, either the one who keyed the car or the neighbor whose car was keyed?
0: 100%. Yeah, I absolutely do. I tell them both. I, I you abso- tell them both? I absolutely tell them both. I tell the keyer, I saw you do this, and uh, this is what's going to happen. You're going to tell the guy and deal with the consequences, or I'm going to tell the guy and you're going to deal with the consequences. I cannot tolerate that kind of bullying cruelty to a person ever for anything. I don't care what it is. Like, if you have, if you have a dispute, you deal with it like, like adults. You don't vandalize someone's property. Because that also escalates. And like, yeah, I couldn't do that. I would not feel, I, I would not feel okay with that. I would, I would absolutely, I think I would have to say, hey, look, I saw you do this. Because if I, if I don't say anything, now I'm complicit in the act of vandalism because I saw it happen. And that person's gonna come out and look at their car and be like, oh man, now I gotta deal with this? And maybe they suspect that when it I, was the, the, the neighbor. In general, I avoid conflict. But, in that situation, because I saw it, I just feel obligated. I feel that I have an ethical moral obligation. okay. I can just see <laughs> I can see Picard pushing me up against against the wall to give me a big old lecture <laughs> about doing the right thing, even when especially when it's the hard thing and uh, and I think that I would I think that I would probably that's that's what I would do. Is this another thing that happened to you? Uh, no. I'm so afraid that you saw mm-hmm. someone key a card and no, you had to, and you had to do but, it. What would you do?
1: okay, I would. Tell the person who did it that I saw them. Yeah. And I would say, I think you need to address this. Yeah. Because if you don't, I will tell the person. But I don't think I would tell the other person unless the person whose car was keyed actually said to me, do you know who did it? I would not lie to that person. Yeah. Do you think it's my neighbor? I would say, you're going to have to ask them. I I think it's kind of the way I feel about if, if you know someone's having an affair I would tell the person, hey, I know you're having an affair. I think you should deal with this. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell the other person because it actually might make them feel worse or cause more, more conflict. So I think urging the person who did the, the vandalism or who is having the affair and not being straight, I would urge them to please do something. I know it.
0: It's, I wouldn't want someone to do this to me. Maybe it's like an anonymous, an anonymous letter. Like a note? Well, that's there, just there are like, different
1: ways there could be. Hey, I
0: mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. red paint on the driveway, on, 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 the, on the garage door, I know what you did. Right, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be good. That might be good. All right, here's one. You have asked all your past lovers to come to the same room because you have something you would like to say to them. What might that something be?
0: <sighs> what would... What would I have to say that is so important that I would bring together? I haven't had an awful lot of partners. Um, I just was like, I was sort of a serial monogamist when I was younger. Um, I never engaged in any risky behavior. So I wouldn't have to talk about, you know, like, hey, I just found out I have some disease or something like that. Um, There are two women I dated when I was in my 20s. And... I was just immature and I didn't, did not give them what they deserved. Mm. I didn't give them the, uh, the respect. And, and, and one, one of these women, uh, uh, we're still friends, and I respected and admire her so much. She's such an incredible human being. And I look back on the child I was when we briefly dated, and I just feel like he did not deserve. <laughs> <laughs> like he couldn't do it, and and I did actually reach out to this to, to this woman fifteen or twenty years ago, and and when I was in like when I was like in my in my late twenties, early thirties, and just said, you know, when we dated, when I was like twenty, I was just an idiot, and I just want to apologize <laughs> for that. And she was like, we were eighteen, we were twenty, we were idiots. It's fine, don't worry about it. I cannot think of anything that would bring everybody together all to one to one place where it would just be well, like like, like, be like all of, all of all of you need to be in the same room all of you need no, to know No, it's, it's like, kind of a
1: hypothetical. It's like yeah, if you had invited to there doesn't yeah, have to be an event that brings them. I can't I can't think of Just if it happened and yeah, they were together.
0: I, I, I cannot think of anything in my life right now that would justify bringing together a bunch of people who have nothing in common except we dated at some point in time. Hmm. Yeah, I just I don't Maybe I don't think highly enough of myself to, like, think everyone should get in a room and listen to me talk now. You See, know? I don't
1: think it's I, – I, I'm yeah. not asking, though, in that in that way. Yeah. It's just that I if they know. happen to be together, it's more that. It's yeah. like they, they've been brought together.
0: And and I, like, walk into walk the room, in the room and, then, yeah. and there's, like, all these women I dated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's That's okay. You've answered, yeah, it. You've I don't answered think, it. Yeah, I don't think that I can uh, – that's a great question. But I, 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 honestly don't know. Cool, I'm smiling. Okay. <laughs> <I like. laughs> what do you do? What do you say? You walk into a room and there and there's uh, and and there's like some some number of your exes. Like, what do you tell? What do you tell them?
1: I say, I'm sorry. This is such a small room. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You can't socially distance them in one room? <laughs> Way to go, Gates.
1: And I would say, but if we can sort of spread out a little. Uh, uh, I would first like to just see who remembers whom. <laughs> and I would like to say to... Um, All of you, thank you for, you know, um, being here. Thank you for uh, those of you who showed me kindness and love. Thank you very much for that. And those of you who I loved know that I always will love you because once I love someone, I always love them. Yeah. And I wish a few of you would have taught me better, um, shown me things. Uh, wish a couple of you would not have been so possessive, Uh huh. Um, but I'm grateful that I've lived this full life and um, good to see you again.
0: <laughs> it didn't occur to me to think of that. There's that thing where like when I look at my life right now, I love it. I have a great life. I'm really like like, like I'm blessed. And, Isn't and, and, and that I'm, great? That makes me
1: tingle inside. I'm so I'm, happy for you, honey. I'm.
0: I'm. Thank you. I'm really lucky. Um, I've earned it. I've worked really, really hard, and I've suffered for it. And, and one of the things that I that I I embrace is even those things in my life that hurt. Even those things that I regret. Even those things that that I that 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 I am ashamed of they all helped shape who I am in this moment right so i actually would probably thank these women for for that for their contributions even the women that i was just like i was a, an immature idiot i learned how to not be an immature idiot because i was an immature idiot then and yeah, that's and, cool. and 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 like yeah that's that's i had not i had not thought of the of the question in those in those terms i like that
1: how old were you when you lost your virginity
0: I was 15. Ooh. Yeah, I was, I was 15 and I was making out with my girlfriend at the time who was also 15. And we were like making out the way horny 15-year-olds make out. And uh, we didn't talk about it really. It was uh, anticlimactic uh not great and i didn't have any kind of sexual activity again until i was like 19 oh. um so like technically i was 15 um but like kind of knowing what it meant and and knowing like i had terrible sex education as a kid i was uh my parents never talked to me about it at all and i was in a parochial school where they just taught us to just say no right and and taught abstinence so i didn't right. know anything about sexual health. I didn't know anything about reproductive health. I didn't know anything about the emotions that, that, associa- hormonal, that, 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 that are associated with hormonal. Like what I learned was to feel bad and ashamed about myself, about these things that I couldn't do anything about. So um, uh, I, I didn't have any, any sexual activity at all until I was 18 or 19. And, and that was when I guess, I guess I became emotionally sexually active around that time which is probably age-appropriate. That whole time that I was on Star Trek and was in all the teen magazines and all that stuff and could have been fooling around and hooking up with everybody, I never did. Mm. I never wanted to. Mm. I like. I knew that in my family I was a thing. I wasn't a person. I was famous and I was a means to an end. I was part of the teen magazine scene. And with the notable exception of of you and the other adults on the set pretty much everybody in my life treated me like a commodity and i didn't want to experience something intimate with someone who treated me like a commodity i wanted to matter to people I, you know and 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 i wanted to like i was a serial monogamist i really wanted to meet a cool girl who was going to be kind and gentle and 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 you know play video games and you know all that stuff that i that i liked to do yeah that stuff didn't really it didn't really happen until i was about 18 And then I met Anne when I was 23. So, like I said, not a lot of partners. Wow. What about you? Uh,
1: I lost my virginity when I was 21. Uh Uh-huh. And if I could do it over again, I would definitely want to lose it earlier. Yeah? Yeah, I think I— Did you
0: make yourself Wait. Or yeah, were, you just like, God, were you like,
1: yeah. I was raised very strictly about stuff like that. And yeah. my parents were completely like, my dad actually said to me when I was in college, I was like, man, mom got pregnant like right away. And he said, well, you know, it was on our honeymoon. And I thought she had taken care of it and she thought I was taking care of it. They literally did not talk about any kind of birth control. That's you know, crazy. they just didn't even talk about stuff like that. That's bananas. And so I think that my mother was boy crazy when yeah. she was young. Yeah. And I think she didn't want me to get married young. Young and uh-huh. get pregnant young. And so she went way the other thing. It was like, don't you do that. Don't be boy crazy. So I was so good that I must have been obnoxious to guys who I'd go out with. I must have yeah. seen like a really stuck up whatever. And and yeah. it wasn't that. It was total fear. Yeah. But I, I was also this dancer. So I moved in a certain way and sensuality was very important in my yeah. life. Yeah. And I couldn't blend those two. So I had real angst about it. And... Yeah. I think if I would have allowed myself earlier, I could have relaxed so much more because I I really didn't know how to deal with it. And I I was aggressed by a lot of men in my life. So I I really got this big protection up Uh because I was so afraid. Maybe if I'd had sex earlier, it would have been better. I don't know, though, because on the other hand, girls down at the dance studio, I was going to this— Preppy school, but then I'd go down to the dance studio and those girls were getting knocked up and they yeah. were
0: 16. So who knows, you know? It was a real different time then, right? Like it was oh, like, very. like there was, because like it seems like, like I know with my kids, at the first inkling of sexual curiosity from my kids when they were teenagers, and didn't want to do it. She felt uncomfortable, but I was like, I'll do it. And I sat down and I was like, look, guys, we got to talk about stuff that's uncomfortable and weird but I just need you to know how this stuff works. Right, which is great. I was like, listen, this is what's going to happen whether you want it to or not. So here's how you can mitigate those things. Right. Don't ever feel embarrassed. I'm never going to judge you. I just want you to take care of yourself and not end up making choices that are going to affect the rest of your life.
1: Okay, so now a light question. Um, If you could be one of these three men for a week, which one would you want to be? Stephen Colbert, Trevor Noah, or John Oliver?
0: I would like to be Trevor Noah.
1: Me too. I'm sorry, I should have waited until you asked me, but.
0: I I mm-hmm. feel so. I love him. I feel like I have lived an incredibly privileged life and I don't know what it is like. I can know sort of intellectually and theoretically what it is like to be a non-white man in fascist America. mm mm-hmm. um, But I don't think I can fully understand it. And I feel like it would make me a better ally if i could walk a mile in his shoes i agree i also think he's really funny
1: oh i do too and
0: really clever and really insightful and kind i and, think and very there's kind, something yeah.
1: about him that is less i mean he's 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 more open in many ways yeah. i feel he's he's and maybe it's because of his experience yeah but they all have criticized the same arguments when we're talking about the politics and stuff, but there's something about the way Trevor does it that I learn. I get it. Like John Oliver is more in his head. He's brilliant at what he does. And Stephen Colbert, I think um, I know that person much more because I grew up with people more like that. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something about Trevor Noah that I really learn and I laugh and it's, he's warmer that's who I'd like to be.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love them all, I do and too. I'm crazy about John Oliver's show. I think oh, it's terrific. Oh, it's
1: brilliant the way uh, he puts it all together. Uh, it's and really, really yeah. great.
0: Um, but there is something about Trevor Noah. I follow the Daily Show on Instagram, and uh, once or twice a day, I end up watching five or ten minutes of something they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, and it's always great. I have a question. Did you ever meet Rainbow Phoenix? Yeah, I had a giant crush on Rain when when we were uh, twelve. Um, just the biggest crush in the world on her. Um, and uh, we were friends. Uh, I was very close to the entire Phoenix family um, up until I was about 16 or 17. Um, Rivers' path and my path really diverged then. He was uh, he was in a group of people who I didn't feel comfortable with. And uh, he was really on his way to being The film actor of of my generation. He was on his way to being that. Like, he was going there. Yeah. I had not talked to him or his family for about three years uh, when he died. Rain and I traded a couple of messages maybe three years ago. Oh, wow. She was like, do you remember being at some big dinner during the filming of Stand By Me and we were playing footsie under the table? And I was like, how could I forget? I had such (laughs) a big crush on you. Are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. His – that whole family, I, I I have nothing but good feelings for them. They were they were so kind and uh and welcomed me into their home, like into their emotional home when I was a kid, um and they were I, I loved that.
1: Okay, put a penny in.
0: Oh, I forgot to ask you. Do you yeah. know Rain? I I do, and this and you how can tell. How do you her how this. do you know Rain?
1: I know Rain because she was my pick when we did the auditions for Labyrinth. No kidding. She, it was she down to- She must have been she, so young. She was. It was down to she and Jennifer Conley, And I thought Jennifer Conley was, and she still is, one of the most beautiful women yeah. in the world. Yeah, And I think she's become an extraordinary actress. Yeah. Okay. At that time, yeah. for that role, I, I lobbied as hard as I could for Rainbow. I thought wow. she, to me- Really epitomized the every girl who was vulnerable. I thought she was so like an open book with her acting. Yeah, she moved me enormously. Yeah, I loved. I loved the way she looked. I thought she was beautiful and in a different way, in her own way. She probably would never. She would only know me as Cheryl, not Gates. Yeah. But If you ever do, to again tell yeah. her I was the one who was pushing and pushing for her. Isn't That's that interesting? That's really cool. Yeah. What a small world, isn't it? How many photos of oneself or too many photos of oneself?
0: Um, If you have to spend more than maybe a minute trying to find a picture of yourself to send to somebody as like a reference for something, you have too many pictures of yourself. (laughs) How What do you think?
1: Well, I'm older. Okay. Uh, You probably didn't know that. And I have a child. And so, you know, there's something about having yourself with a child. I would say really... 30 30 to 50 pictures are the max for your life that you would need okay and I have just hundreds and it's it's just it's it's like ridiculous whatever I mean I
0: just that's. I just uploaded I found um, I, I found a hard drive an external hard drive uh, that was just in the back of the closet So I was like, oh, I wonder what's on this so I plugged it into the computer and it's just a photo drive that goes oh all the way back to 2000. Oh boy. 30-something thousand photographs. Oh,
1: my God.
0: So I uploaded, so I uploaded, oh my God. I uploaded all of them uh, to, uh, to a server so that, like, they are there forever. So, like, they're just always around. And this morning, um, Google Photos pulled out pictures of Anne and me going all the way back to 2000. And it built this slideshow of us together, 20-plus 20, 20 years of us together. Uh, changing over the years. You know, getting older, gaining weight, losing weight, haircuts, styles change, and all that stuff. And I I sat there and tried not to weep. And I was just like, this is great. This is wow. just this wonderful, beautiful view of Anne and me over the course of our lives together.
1: And on that beautiful heartfelt statement that makes me tear up, part one of my podcast with the remarkable Will Wheaton comes to an end. If you liked part one, you will love part two even more. Please join me for that in the next episode. And thanks
0: so much for listening. Take care.